Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, 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 Bills Mafia. Welcome to the Mafia Cast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Network. It's kind of a sad week, and we're going to talk about that. How are you guys doing today? Better. <laughs> yeah, better. It's Friday. I know we're still going to talk about a loss, but, you know, still better. Yeah, kind of kind of moving forward with, with that. Um, it was a rough week for sure. But I will say this. I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, so last week, this is non-builder related, but we're going to have fun with it. So last week, I'm outside doing my lawn, and I look over, and there's a little – black lab next door. I thought, Oh, that's my neighbor's dog. But then you get closer. It's not. So we, my wife and I jumped through hoops, the neighbor, we jumped through hoops. We find the owner, we rescue the dog. The dog's life is saved. Everything is good in the world. Right? So later on that day, we, when we take my girls out to, to dinner for their birthdays, uh, our family is big on sushi. So we went and had some sushi. Then we go shopping afterwards. And we're loading up the car. And this lady comes over. I'm 80 years old. I missed the bus. And I look at my wife. I'm like, what bus is she talking about? There's no buses out here. She's got her hands full of two bags. And my wife being who she is, like, we can take you home. Come on. Come on. Get in the car. <laughs> my daughter, she gives me a hug. She's like, dad, text me when you get home. I'm really concerned for you guys right now. <laughs> so, yeah, we get this lady in the car. And she starts talking about her boyfriend. And then she starts talking about this restaurant. And then like five minutes in the conversation, she goes back to her boyfriend. She goes back to this restaurant that she never heard of. <laughs> like, this is really weird. Like wow. just kept repeating her conversations. But we took her to where she said she lives. I'm hoping that that was the right place. But you know what? My wife and I, we met the quota for the day. Two good deeds. Saved a dog. Saved a little old lady. It was an interesting day, though. Oh, you don't know you saved that little old lady. You have no. You better go check on that woman after we get. Hey, finished. well, this is this is Ron getting word out. You know, so yeah. if anyone's watching, share, yeah. share, yeah. share, please. Sure this lady, if you see make sure she's okay. With, with two uh, grocery sacks, uh. please call Papa Ron. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, His number's on yeah. the wall. I don't know. Right. Jamie was talking about making her some cookies for Christmas. Now that we know, or at least think we know where she lives. Cause she was talking about, she doesn't have any family. She's adopted her house in Oregon burned down. She moved here in 2015, like her whole life story in the matter of a 20 minute car ride. It was, it was crazy. But, um, I mean, that's, that's who my wife is. She just picks up conversation with anybody. She helps everyone. So, but it's pretty cool. This is why right. we call her the cooler Papa Ron. <laughs> the cooler Papa Ron. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the sad part of the day. And that's, well, first of all, before we do that, um, Mike, you've got something you want to put out we there. Chat about this. Of, yeah. Once again, I'm going to remind everyone, like, share the page, find us on Facebook. We got the Terrell Bernardo photo giveaway, signed photo a week before he went off for us, you know, showing us what he's got. So I know not everyone has Facebook, but tell your friends. I mean, this is a really cool thing we're, we're trying to kick off here. It starts with a photo. Who knows Who knows where it goes from there? But like, subscribe, share the video. Make sure you like and subscribe or follow both pages, ours and John's uh, page, Game On Sports. And you're entered. You're in it. You're in it to win it. It's a free drawing, and you get some cool, you know, signed bill stuff. So come on, man. <laughs> and like you said, he just got some signed Josh Allen helmets and jerseys in today. So, I mean, this might start with a Terrell Bernard signed picture, but this maybe one day will be giving away a Josh Allen jersey. So yeah. Mike came up with the idea that if you do what he said, like and subscribe both sites, then you're entered for every drawing from here yeah, on next out. Next time, you're already signed up when we do this again. So, yes. I'm yeah, going to start yeah. messaging people individually, too, because I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's get on Facebook. Find our page at, <clears throat> at the Mafia Cast. Uh, we've got the Terrell Bernard video there with the links to Game on Sports. Again, like both pages, follow both pages, and you will forever be entered into any drawings that we have uh, going forward. Um, Roy, come on, man. MySpace, really? <laughs> get with the time. We, we better be in your top eight, Roy. <laughs> That's right. I forgot my right. password. <laughs> oh, that was such a long time ago. And let me give a quick shout out here to Emily. Um, that's my my stepson's girlfriend. Who they were just up here literally as we were starting the show, so she had to, you know, just <laughs> there. Um, so yeah, the game. We're gonna go ahead and recap this. I know we probably don't want to. I personally don't think that aside from the injuries, if you you know, excluding that, the game wasn't as terrible as it felt that makes any sense i think the injuries really kind of heightened the feeling of that game more than anything but there was a lot of things in that game just a few plays of the difference or maybe a few fewer penalties it could have gone either way but i'll start with um case i'll start with you what was your initial reactions to this game aside again aside from the injuries because we'll get to that here in a little bit i mean first initial thought is like probably the same thing everybody else had no wonder Elam has been inactive the first few games of the season, you know, just seeing how I mean, they, they were picking on him. You know, they started going at him a couple, a couple throws in the first half. And then once it got to the second half, they Ridley's like, just wherever he is, I'm going to line up and I'm just going to, I'm just going to burn him every time. And, but on the backside of that Ridley, we forget how good he was for the last time he played for the Falcons. I know he yeah, took, yeah. you know, that, that year off, but he was a he was a number one right next to Julio Jones. I mean, that was when Julio was still in part of his prime, like at the very end of his prime. I mean, they had like the 
the arguably the best duo wide receiver in the league. You know, so we both we all said last week we won't be sh- absolutely shocked if the Jaguars win the won the game because they are a good team. It was just a they matter a of team. finally making it click. You know, they have a great coach, a good co- a good young quarterback, great uh, wide receivers, like great weapons and everything. We just we got hurt and we underperformed. And we were tired. Yeah, pretty much. And and we've yeah. kind of gone back and forth with Jacksonville, right? Like that that's been our our team that I, we've sort of. I don't think there's with. been a. I don't think there's been a fourth. It's just been back. <laughs> yeah. The last. But I mean, like. Of, yeah. Well, we're talking about like the last dozen matchups with the Dolphins and how we've won ninety percent of them or whatever. But with Jacksonville, it seems sort of even, you know, over the years. Our in recent yeah. memory. Well, I mean, um, think about it. We lost to them three to six in the playoffs. We lost. We lost to them nine to six in Jacksonville two years ago, and now we just lost to them by whatever it was. You know, by a one score game again this year. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was Jacksonville that we played against in London when EJ Manuel was a quarterback, yep. um, and he brought us back in that game, and ultimately I'm losing it still. Yep. So that even goes back, you know, that far. Right. I think was 2015, I believe it was. Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, if we just never faced Jacksonville again, I would be okay with that at this point. Uh, I think we talked <laughs> last week. Especially in London. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. in London. If we could just play the Dolphins every single week, that would be cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, first four drives of that game all ended in punts the first two three and outs and i believe at a four and a six play drive after that um the offense just could not get going but i a lot of that was because of the penalties they just could not get out of their own way in this game and that's why to me the game it, it wasn't as bad as it felt when you go back and you look at it because it was it was really those penalties that kept setting them back and Maybe you can attribute that to being fatigued from the travel. I don't know. There was a press conference with Josh Allen before game. I think it was on Saturday. Um, and somebody asked him about the travel and everything. And he straight up said, I am exhausted. When I heard mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> That's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled overseas before, but only because of the military. So I do understand the, the jet lag when you go over the ocean and what it can do to you initially. I don't understand why the team waited until Thursday night to go. I understand the sports science and everything. Casey, what do you got? You've got, you've, you've got something for us on this. So you guys didn't see the Roger Goodell interview, did you? To where I heard about it. This was part of a, a, the plan from the NFL Yeah. to where they were going to, yeah, they were testing a team who had an extended stay versus a team who, again, went on a very short stay. Now, I don't know if the Bills had a window of days that they could go over there, you know, whether they, they were like, all right, you have to go either like any day, Wednesday through Friday, you know, or if there was any incentive of going Friday from the NFL. Um, so it, it, it was schemed up this way. You know, it was planned this way. Yeah. So you got to wonder if how much respect the NFL was truly giving Buffalo by putting them on such a short, on such a, I don't know the like, uh, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of right now. On such a like, I can't help. Come on, guys, help me out here. <laughs> I'm disadvantage, disadvantage. On an level playing yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. Like they put them at such a disadvantage. Like disadvantage. They yeah. were, but they were like, hey, like that's you know that's the bill. Like 
the Bills versus the Jaguars. The Jaguars, yeah, they should be good, but will they be good this early? And the Bills should be rolling at this point, you know? So it's one of those things. But it, it's just weird that we were the guinea pig for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, why uh, not beat actually, up on Buffalo, right? Right. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, based on the way that the stadium filled up with Bills Mafia, uh, they set a record stadium attendance in this game. And I, and I think that's why. It's because of Buffalo. Buffalo travels. We, we all know that. And there's fans all over the place. I, I follow a lot of UK Bills fans uh, on Twitter and, you know, all over the place. So for that reason, the NFL did the right thing. Like they know who brings the dollars. It's like, you know, the Bills, probably the Cowboys can probably fill that stadium. You know, some of these nationally recognized teams and just with the timing, Buffalo has become one of those teams. But um, I commented a few times over the past few weeks to people that the NFL talks about how they're so big on um, competitive playing field. Uh, everybody has to be, you know, on the same level. If you want to experiment with a team being over there for two back-to-back weeks, make it the same two teams. You know, do something like that if you want. But to me, it created a competitive disadvantage for Buffalo by having them show up this week versus, um, you know, the Jaguars have been there for two weeks. And Travis Etienne even commented that he believed that it was a huge advantage for them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because he said he, he was like, we feel fine. He goes, after a few days, he goes, we were completely adjusted to it. Yeah, a couple naps yeah. or something. You just you're on yeah. schedule <laughs> or whatever. And to Roy's to Roy's point, I, I think the point you're you're making is that they didn't make him go on Thursday. I agree. That's on Buffalo for sure. They should have gone on Monday. We don't know if they were allowed to because the NFL was trying to do like was trying mm-hmm. was doing this test with it. We like, that's what I was saying. I, you don't know if the NFL was like, all right, the earliest you can go is Wednesday, and latest you can go is Friday. Yeah, I, who knows. I know the team, well, I've heard that the teams, not not Buffalo, but any team going overseas has the option of when they want to go over there. Yeah. Whether or not they change that and the NFL said, no, this is what we want you to do this time around, just to testing things maybe. But um, uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is I did hear uh, Chris Brown from um, One Bills Live, him him and uh, Eric Wood actually met with Goodell in London during the – uh, pre-game and he made the comment about a division in Europe it wouldn't be like a single team that there could potentially be a full-on division over there because obviously that's going to make logistically make things a little bit easier but still you're talking about eight eight or nine road games for these guys and um, half of them three are of those would be in division so you'd have what five four or five games that you'd have to come back to the states for uh, to me, that seems like a lot, but the whole like, thing just throws know. a wrench in it. It's just, yeah, it seems like a very easy way. It, it's it's cool, but it's a very easy way to really complicate things and, and look at how it messed us up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you hear what uh, I think it was Micah Hyde said this week, a couple of days ago? No. Uh, he said, I would be fine never doing that again. Yeah, I did <laughs> see that. I think it really affected the players um, physically with, you know, with their, their energy and it showed in the game. Uh, I'm not saying that that's why Jacksonville won, but I think it played a part, you know, maybe it would have won here, but. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's all. Okay, yeah. There's a good question. Do you think that we'd lose a game if, like if it's in even in Jacksonville? It's hard to say. Maybe. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's one of those like games. Inju- injuries included and all. Just because purely because of the jet lag. Do you think like that would it would it makes that much of a difference? It didn't help. But I, I still could see us losing to Jacksonville in the, At home. in, in the States. Hey, or I, yeah, here's my I don't know about home, but definitely maybe in Jacksonville. Yeah. But like or, I was saying earlier, hey. it's just it's always been one of those teams. Um, in recent years for us. Yeah, yeah you're not I wrong. If the only thing that I would say to that, and the only reason why I guess I hesitate a little bit to fully you know, say that that completely changed the game is this. Buffalo's offense, this isn't the first time that they've come and kind of come out flat. They kind of have a history of doing this where every now and then, for whatever reason, they just don't show up until later in the game, if at all, the last time we played Jacksonville being an example, or when we played the Jets a few weeks ago, thinking the season was an example. They have that kind of a game every now and then. So when this happens, you're like, oh, well, there's another one. Yeah. If it wasn't a history of it, I would be more apt to say, yeah, that totally right. changed the game. But was it like we get complacent or something? Like you got to <laughs> find that urgency. You got to keep it. <clears throat> and then we get comfortable. And, and then is that what happens? Well, it's like one of those, like, when a baby is starting to walk and then they're starting to learn to run, you know, they, they walk, they walk real fast and then they run for like two steps and then they fall. It's like the bills like start getting that momentum going and all of a sudden they just trip on their own feet. (laughs) Yeah. The exact same thing. I I know we're talking about the offense a lot too. And I just want to bring up one thing that I noticed and is that our edge, they were the running backs. You're talking about ETN, um, you know, saying he, you know, they were rested and they were feeling good, but he was just getting out around the edge. Everyone was just going around the outside and, and getting upfield. And we could did that a lot. We were too focused on the middle or or I don't know what, but it was it was a lot well, of outside running that I saw that um uh, and I that think really killed us part of aside that, from all that. Right. Stuff. And I think a lot of that was because of the absence of um of group. Yeah. His yeah. run defense is like True. if you look at his PFF grades, I believe he was uh, I think top 10 in the league for edge defenders against the run this year so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Shaq Lawson is another one who's really good against the run. Both of those guys were out, and I do think Jacksonville took advantage of that. And like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? We know you're styled up the middle with Daquan Jones. This is obviously before game. So we're going to hit – we're going to attack the outside edges, and they did, and they did it with a lot of success. And then when Jones went out, and that just kind of made things even easier. Mm-hmm. But, well, we'll get into this in a minute. Um we- as far Real as quick, can we that. still say that Epinesa was the MVP of the game? Period, point blank. Yeah. He's been doing great. Absolutely. No complaints. <laughs> He's been fantastic. <laughs> like, He's been doing fantastic. Absolute yeah. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and with okay, so you bring that up. I do want to go ahead and kind of address so many Bills fans throughout the week, especially early in the week after this game, were thrown in the towel. Well, 
no Milano, no Jones, no Y. The team sucks. We're, we're, we're toast. The season's over. See you guys in 2024. <laughs> and I, I don't know other fan bases like I know Bills, but man, Bills fans overreact to shit and <laughs> stuff. Sorry. <laughs> oh. But it's it, can we bleep that? Yeah, um, I can't. I couldn't. I wasn't quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, but we've got guys like Epinesa who's you know playing out of his mind. Ed Oliver, who's playing extremely like he's playing at a Pro Bowl level right now. And if you think about what the Bills defense did in this game, Jones and Milano both went out midway through the first quarter. They'd already scored 11 points, I think, by the time they they went out. Yeah, that yep. or that drive was a it was a field goal. I can't remember for sure, but. And then without those two guys and without White, they went two and a half quarters, shut them out. They made some timely plays in the red zone, but they shut them out, gave Buffalo's offense a chance to get back in the game, take the lead, and quite honestly put it away. If Buffalo's offense had been clicking like they have been the previous three weeks, yeah. this game wouldn't have been close. So for if you're listening to this, Bills fans, I want you to relax. Our defense is going to be okay. Is it better with those guys? Absolutely. But I think Epinesa can help. I think Ed Oliver can help. Um, Kingsley Jonathan. Von Puna. Is coming back. Puna's coming back. And we're going to talk about Puna in a minute because somebody commented who's going to replace Taquan Jones. But there's still talent on this team. There's four guys that are on pace for double-digit sacks this year. None of them are named Daquan Jones. None of them are named Matt Milano. Or and Von Miller. And none of them are Von Miller. So the defense will be okay. It might be a little bit more of a bend, but don't break. I think it might be one of those situations where they kind of give up some some yardage, but somebody makes a play when they need it. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see going forward. I think I won't be shocked if we start looking more like the Leslie Frazier defense again, where, like you said, Ben don't break to where they can, he can't, like, McDermott kind of plays off a little bit more and does and it isn't as aggressive as he was in the beginning of the season or as he even showed in the beginning of the season because that's what it seemed in, uh, for this game that they they kind of backed off the blitzes a little bit you know the heavy blitzes right up right up the middle and kind of sat sat back and and played just a straight up man. And I think you can do that. One one reason I think that might have been is because Elam's in the game, and we know that Elam is a better press man cover than he is zone. Um, and we're going to get to more Elam here here in a little bit. Uh, the other part of it is when I think when you're when your front four can put as much pressure as our guys have been doing throughout all this whole season so far, you don't necessarily need to blitz. And that was I, I don't I'm I've always been a defender of McDermott. But I will say I kind of question the all-out blitzes at the end of the game that ETN busted that long touchdown run. Like, oh, you've been doing just fine with what you've been doing. Why change at the last, you know, crucial, most crucial minute and call something different? I'll never understand. That's kind of like the uh, playing uh, prevent defense when you're up by three. Like, why? <laughs> Mike makes a good comment. About Vaughn. I mean, what it like now that Vaughn's back, I mean, he played, I mean, he barely played last week. Even with the injuries, McDermott stuck to his guns and did not play Vaughn at like at the end of the game. He was, you saw Vaughn standing there with his hat, with his hat on, and he was truly on a pitch count. 
So, but now you got to wonder how much of a pitch count is going to be on this week with now two full weeks of practice and a game played. You know, is he is he going to let him just go? You know, maybe not go a hundred percent of the snaps that he would normally get, but you know, does he give him eighty percent now? You know, right. is he going to going to play forty percent of the snaps instead of the sixty that he usually gets? I wore my Miller shirt for a reason today because I think this is. <laughs> a good game for him to get back. Maybe, you know, not a hundred percent, 80%, something like that, but a, a good game yeah. to uh, sort of ease him in. It, it's not as yeah. crucial. It's not one of our huge rival opponents. Um, very good game to get Von uh, back involved. Well, we're getting it. It's a good time in our schedule right now yeah. going yeah. to the giants who are, I mean, you don't. You never want to play somebody and beat somebody because they're so injured. But the Giants are hurting just as bad as we are right now on that injury report. Only they, I'd only they're missing. Maybe. I was gonna say only they're missing their starting quarterback. Um, and then we have the Patriots next week. You know, so no, no division game is a pushover game. But damn, the Patriots are bad right now. <laughs> they are. Bad. So, bad. so I mean, if if there's any any time for you know, these guys that are now stepping into the starting roles to get playing time, this I, this is a very good two-week stretch for it to happen. Yeah. Uh, I do want to kind of jump in here into the comments really quick because we've got a whole bunch of them just <laughs> flowing in. Uh, first of all, I want to address this one. Malone is the biggest worry. I think uh, God Bernard uh, has worked out or we would be after. <laughs> um, I tend to disagree. I think the the injuries in the secondary are, are a bigger issue. Yes, Matt Milano is a heart and soul of this defense, um, but I think with the way the front four is playing, it helps to keep your linebackers clean. And I do like the way that Dorian Williams attacks. Like, there's no hesitation in his play. He's reading defenses well, uh, and he's just he's he has those instincts. You can see those instincts that you know somebody else who played middle linebacker for us previously. Everybody talked about did not have those football instincts. I think Williams has that. He just needs more playing time. Uh, the three missed tackles last week is a little bit of a concern. Uh, I think hopefully he can get that under control, though. Uh, of the three, White, Bernard, or I'm sorry, um, Milano and Jones, what which one do you guys feel is the most worrisome? Mike, go ahead. I need a minute to think. <laughs> what do you got, Mike? I, I, I want to say I'm I'm worried about the Milano thing, but I, I do think we have some talent there, and like you said, the – the line has been doing good. Um, Daquan, Daquan's been playing pretty good, right? He's been holding it down there. At tackle. He's been outstanding. Um, we do have Puna there to back it up, but we ha- we haven't seen we haven't seen what he's going to do for us yet. So I'm maybe yeah. I think I'm going to go with Daquan for right now. Now what do you got Casey. So the line is the one that would be number three on the list for me because we have Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, and Puna. And now Kingsley Jonathan stepping in. And we elevated Kendall Vickers last week. My biggest worry, only because you guys know I'm not I haven't been his biggest fan. I mean Dane Jackson is coming in and being the start a starter now. And the way Elon just played last week, you know, him being the third corner coming up. Mm-hmm. If anything, if Dane A can't play because he is questionable for Sunday, um, would be if you know if they either either of them get injured for a long time, and if you know they both get injured, meaning um, 
Benford and Jackson, then we get the ghost of Josh Norman back. So the depth at corner is the biggest concern for me right now. I know we have uh, Ingram on our practice squad that we can elevate who would probably get the nod over Norman right now. I hope. I hope so. I hope. (laughs) But, I mean, like, we don't know what he is. I mean, again, we found Christian Benford in the sixth round out of Villanova, and he's and he's been very solid for us. So maybe we found another diamond in the rough with with Ingram. But to me, it, it's just corner. It's it sucks seeing Tre'Davious White go down again. You know, yeah. it, it 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 broke it broke my heart. And so now, like I was really hoping to see. You know, we truly had our two best corners on the field for the yeah. first time in three years, and like now now it's going to be four. It's going to take four for it to actually happen. So, for me, for me, it's cornerback. It's cornerback, and then whoever can fill in. Hopefully, Dorian at linebacker. Yeah. Um, and, and then the defensive line, just because I think we have that's where we have the most depth. Right. I'm actually at looking so at the far. depth chart right now, and I notice uh, Dane is is listed as questionable, and um, and I think yeah. Roy commented earlier, uh, group. Groot does not have an injury designation, so he looks good to go. Yeah, who is it? It's just Dane Jackson and um, and Kincaid and Knox, right? Those are all three are questionable. Yes. Yeah. As far I, as I do uh, wanna, starter. Yeah. I do want to touch on the, the, the corner situation again some more here in a little, a little bit, but I do want to get to some more of these comments. Uh, to RC3, thank you. Appreciate the, the – mm-hmm. Thank you very uh, much. Super chat there, and he says, I think they should do it like the Premier League and relegate teams. I'll be the first to admit, I don't know what that means. So. Yes. Please explain <laughs> a little bit further for us, our, our C3. I mean, I, Does I he mean re- relocate? No, no, relegate. It, it's it's right. relegate. That That's an actual term. Yeah. I just don't know what it means. Right. So um, I think he's I, talking about, like, what the joke when we always make the loot, the last place team, the NFL, gets relegated to like the XFL, and the XFL champion gets to come up to the NFL. For ah, yeah. So yeah. if that's what he's I, talking I about, that's what it is. Yes, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. I would love to see the Bears go away for a year. <laughs> <laughs> or the Patriots. Or the Patriots. Oh my God! Could you imagine if it was the Patriots? After that long reign, they get booted out of the NFL. No, but what if we- Co- Coach yeah. Belichick coaching Pee Wee football? <laughs> I would be in tears, to, like leaning yeah. over, laughing. But this makes me That's- think of like, um, also about the playing in London thing again. Why don't they pick some teams that they know aren't gonna, you know, be competing for like the playoffs this year, and and do their experiment with those teams? Do it like. Do like an AFC NFC team. Or NFC, AFC. Make it easy like that. Us play the Giants over there. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there's a whole – I'm trying to catch up on the, you know, everyone's comments. Thank you. We appreciate you guys and the support. Uh, there was one question. I think uh, Spin – well, it's not a question, but a comment. We know the XFL isn't part of the league. That was just kind of an example – but yeah. uh, it does sound like Kincaid and Knox uh, m- possibly play. I think I believe Kincaid is still in the uh, concussion protocol, but he is uh, a limited participant in practice. Groot sounds like he might be a go. The one thing I wanted to talk about because we were you mentioned Von Miller a while ago, because of the opponent and how well Buffalo's front has been without Miller, 
Do you guys think he's going to be a full go this week, or do you think maybe they'll dial him back? Well, he only got 19 snaps last week. I do think he gets more this week, but do you think they're like, okay, we trust you. I think you're good to go, and they just put him out in the normal rotation, or are they going to pitch count him again? I mean, it's one of those things. The whole if, like, if he can – well, if he get, like if he starts tearing it apart, if they're like, all right, you know, like go let him have his fun for a minute. And then, <laughs> you know, say he gets like – two sacks in the first half and you know we're blowing them out by 17 21 or something like that then yeah like bring them back in you know but if it's close like manage those snaps and keep them playing like throughout the game in this in the in, like certain situations yeah i guess i didn't I answer the question I just gave the reason no, for both <laughs> well and hopefully works. by halftime we're up you know 28 to zip and then they can just sit Vaughn the rest of the game and um and and any of the other starters just let, let roll them all out there uh there was another question oh yeah i want to kind of get to this one because this was asked some time ago um i don't remember who exactly was asked the question but roy here brings it up again i would say jones but don't know how puna will do um I, at the way that daquan jones has been playing i don't think you replace him uh at that same level but one thing that puna does good does well is basically anchor that defensive line he can eat up some blocks he can occupy those double teams and again help keep the linebackers clean help the edge rushers still get in those one-on-one situations uh is he the penetrator that jones is i don't think so but i do think he can hold up really well against a run so when we brought daquan jones over here that was the one knack on him was that he wasn't good at pat at uh going after the pass you know that like that was he was a run stuffing, uh, one tech. You know that that's what he did. But he was one of the best at that when we brought him over here from Tennessee, and so now the fact that like he is a stud getting to the quarterback is in like it's just, it's just it's funny to kind of see yeah. that it just kind of came out of nowhere that you know yeah. maybe it does maybe it does take a year to get into a system, be introduced well, into, into a system, and learn it and everything. I think something sort of lit a fire too maybe because i was like a couple weeks ago and they were talking about who was getting sacks and there was like graphics being shared around and he's like what about me and then you know he got his so i (laughs) i I just think he's he's really really in a good spot you know motivationally you know right now yeah uh, this is a good one. Could we see group play more as a three-tag defense attack? He has played inside before. They have moved him down inside. He did a lot in college. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of that maybe, uh, depending on Ford. I think if Ford gets in there and just holds Ford down. and Well, three-tag is what Oliver plays. you know. So, I mean, I'm looking more so at Jordan Phillips right now. That's who I want to see step up because he's the one. He's the penetrator. Uh, like out of like he's, he's supposed to be the best penetrator out of between him, Tim Settle, and Daquan Jones. Well, I guess and now Puna Ford as well. So that that's who I'm really looking forward to see and see if he can take another step forward and maybe get to that ten and a half sack mark that he got for us a few years ago, a few years back. This, I, okay, Spin. I would love to see this. Bon Grew, set, Oliver huh? Floyd. <clears throat> On third down, uh, you know, obvious pass plays, that would be an insane front four, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up Floyd because we haven't even talked about him yet. That's right. He's on pace for almost 20 sacks this season. Like, he's having a fantastic year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's it's he like stepped right into 18 his role. and 19 is where he's at. I think Seems like 18 like... and a half, I think, is the number. Yeah. But um, it just sounds better to go ahead and exaggerate a little bit and say he's close to 20. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's, that is insane. Um, yeah. Remember when we were the last time we had a 15 sack plus yeah. guy? That kind remember of stuff when we were happy that injuries. Jerry Hughes got a six and a half sacks a year? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, everybody was like, but he's so good at pressures. Screw your pressure. Give me the end result. <laughs> You know, okay, you say that, but I want to look at um, Buffalo's offensive line, their performance in the last, last game. They didn't give up any sacks, but Allen was running all over the place in that game. They kept him off his spot. They made him move around. That did affect the game. So I know the end result, you want the sacks, but those pressures can mess up a quarterback big time. I don't care. I want the sacks. <laughs> well, we all want the sacks. I'm, I'm greedy. Pressures are a stat too, Casey. Pressure is good. Sacks are better. Yes. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's get off of this. And let's go ahead. So, yeah, we kind of already touched on this a little bit. Replacing Matt Milano. First of all, I don't think you can replace Milano. He is the heart and soul of this defense. Um, But are you guys comfortable with Dorian Williams? I would rather have Dorian between he and Dodson. But I would rather be Dorian Specter Dodson. But the fact that we signed AJ Klein to the active 53 throws a monkey wrench into this entire thing. You're right. I was going to say the same thing. But they, I, I don't believe that they're going to trust like Klein to call the defense. You know, I feel like the only people they trust to call the defense would be Bernard and, well, they can't give the green dot to Bernard. Why not? We, I mean, they didn't in the well. He didn't play in the preseason because Milano didn't even get the green dot. They gave it to they give Bernard's, it to the middle. They yeah, gave Bernard's it to the middle. The plays. Oh, he has. Well, yeah. Mm. Okay, so, it's, it's almost like. Uh, McDermott and companies like almost like they saw this coming because they had Williams at linebacker for all of like a day and then like, Nope, we're going to move him over to back Milano. And that's where he's been practicing this whole time. Thank goodness. Because I do think Williams can be okay in that spot. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be like an all pro or pro bowl or anything like that, but I think he needs to get in the game. I think as the games go on, he's going to get better and better. Um, And if not, then I guess we maybe throw Spectre out there and give him a shot. He's back at practice this week, so yeah. mm-hmm. even I, though he, he's listed at middle behind Bernard, who's I'd, I'd still like to. Yeah, at, well, on ESPN right now, I'm looking, but well, technically, so is Terrell Dotson. I mean, he's yeah. listed as middle linebacker, yeah. and he yeah. came in and filled in with Williams when Williams missed. But I'd the, like to the, see the what Spectre could do there. If you're going to do that, this would be the game to do it, I think. Yeah. If you want I'm to experience your defense. Well, well is it, though? Because this is supposed to be the game when Saquon Barkley comes back. Yeah. Well, what a better time. I, I just don't think the Giants can beat us with just Barkley. But I, they I have don't. Isaiah Hodgins, the best wide receiver in you know, <laughs> Buffalo Bills history. Remember okay, now, you're mocking, now you're mocking Bills fans. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I, 
So I think it's the Patriots next week, I think, right? Yeah. So this two weeks is where you need to find out what you've got. Yeah. Can these players be filled in and, and, and do okay? Or do they need to pull off something crazy and go get a new corner? Or because I've heard the uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. kid, or yeah, yeah, the kid from um, Denver. Yeah. I've heard his name come up because of the fact that he's on a rookie contract. He wouldn't be pricey as far as money goes, but it would cost the Bills a lot. Do you think the Bills try this avenue? Zero chance. Try the avenue for Patrick Sertan specifically, zero chance. I mean, Brandon Bean will make a phone call, you know, hey, like, what's going to take? And as soon as he said, like, they say a first, he's going to be like, all right, bye. And hang up the phone, you know? But if if they're like, give me Elam, and I would say, here's a second and a third, then because we're gonna, we're gonna have an extra third this year. So if we want to give up a sec, like a second, our extra third, and uh, one of our extra fourths for Patrick Sertan, I would be all for it. But we're creating a long term problem for a short term, a long term solution for a short term problem because we only need it for this year realistically because next year Tredavious White should be back. We'll still have Christian Benford on a rookie contract, uh, Elam on a rookie contract. Only person who should, will be gone, should be gone, would be Dane Jackson in theory. So then we would just have Patrick Sertan, and I understand Patrick Sertan is better than Benford and Elam, and at this point probably better than uh, Tredavious White. But, I mean, eventually we would have to pay him. If not, then we just gave up three draft picks for somebody that only played for us for a year and a half. Somebody, somebody find out what white's contract is up next year, right? Next year's his final year is current deal, current deal. I don't know when he was I, drafted. Yeah, I'd have to have somebody confirm. Oh, well, oh, he, sure. he, no, he I, I, I thought you said certain. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I know certain still in his rookie deal, but I don't know how many more years. I think he just has two more after or counting this season. But I bring that up because I do I have some real concerns with Tredavious White making a full comeback successfully because Achilles tear, that's a career ender for a lot of players, especially at his position where they're constantly cutting, moving, changing directions. Um, we've seen few running backs be able to come back from this type of an injury and have any you know semblance of the same success they had prior to. There's been a couple of examples where that's not true, but those are freakish athletes. Um, Adrian Peterson comes to mind, but, and I'm not saying that white can't do it, but I think that the bills need to seriously consider looking long-term for his replacement. Like this summer after this season is up, I'm not saying, you know, throw the farm out there for, for Sertan. Uh, even though if uh, I kind of think about this today, if they could get away with just giving up one first round pick, I might be all for it. If they can make it work by giving up one first round, I don't want multiple first rounds, because, like you said, that's a long-term problem then. But uh, so Spence says 2025 is his last year under so contract. I'm so I'm looking at we have an out after this year, and it's only 10 million dead cap, and we could spread it between the next two years. Yeah, that's very but doable. I don't. Yeah, that's I don't think. For. I don't think Bean would even be willing to eat the five million today. He kept Vernon Butler inactive and paid him six million dollars. He's not going to cut Tredavious White. 
If he does, I'll slap him myself. Jesus. <laughs> like, uh, but if White comes back next year, like, what would be the cap savings though? There would be a savings. Uh, I know there's a, there's a dead cap, but there would be a significant savings. I think, but, and I'm not. I'm not hoping for this. I'm not trying to, to will this into existence or anything, speaking into existence or anything like that. But I think it's something that the team is going to have to really, really strongly, seriously consider, mm-hmm. you know, finding a, a possible answer for this year. I think Benford, I think we're good with him. I do. Can Kyrie Elam turn things around? I don't know. Like he's year two. I'm never one to throw a year two guy out the window uh, because we've seen guys in year three, four, and five turn around. Ed Oliver is a good example. Like there was questions whether or not he was ever going to yeah. get a turnaround after four seasons, and here he is now playing all pro level. I think he leads the league in uh, pressures. Um, Sometimes he's got just four sacks, four and a half sacks. Yeah. Uh, another example being uh, the offensive lineman from a few seasons ago, plays for Cleveland now. I can't think of the name. Wyatt Teller. But yeah, Teller. So Geno Smith. The Bills. I don't think the Bills want to necessarily give up on Elam, but they've got to find some depth this summer. And some answers just in case those two guys, White and Elam, don't work out next year. Um, we'll see. That would only leave Benford as a, as, a, as a well. He's on a one-year deal this year. He's a free agent after this year, an unrestricted free agent. I think they bring him back. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they let Le- they let Levi Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, they did. Saran Neal. Well, Spin, don't do me like that and talk about Josh Norman. We're, we're, we're friends, but don't get testy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the only one that brought up uh, Sertan. He, you know, yeah, trade for, for Sertan. I, like I said, I wouldn't be against it. The whole Josh Norman thing, let, let me address that really quick. Um, I don't like it as far as him as a player being on the field. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for what he might be able to do or help Ben to the room. Elam, though. Yeah. They're just, pay- they're, uh, they are paying him to be a coach right now. Right. To just, that's what I, that's I think I they saw, too. they saw Elam play so poorly and Sean McDermott's defense. This is Sean McDermott's defense. Let's bring in the best corner that's ever played in, Sh- in specifically Sean McDermott's defense and tell him how he did it and t- teach him how to play that position it's smart that way but yeah. i don't think there's a chance that he sees the field I don't it's, more fun does, just, like, it's more fun to just make fun of him being back <laughs> <laughs> if he gets on the field for any significant playing time we're in really big trouble yeah um, span we can't afford sertan he's on a rookie deal if we made a trade that was elam plus some picks for sertan um, I don't know the contracts, but Elam's a first-round pick, so I know they're probably relatively comparable. So I, I, in terms of that, that's why I think a certain trade could work because they ne- necessarily have to break the bank for him. Could they re-sign him? That might be an issue in a couple of seasons, but I think he still has two or three years on his rookie deal. So I, th- I believe this is his third season. This is his third season. So he has – the. So he it would basically be two and a half years for for the Bills. Was he a first rounder? Certain? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was the first corner. He, he was a first corner picked. Yeah. All right. So yeah, their their contracts were probably similar. Certain's might be a little bit more, but well, Certain um, was a top ten pick. Like, I think top. Yeah, definitely top ten. Okay, so 
I think it could be done. Uh, I do want to answer this one. <laughs> First of all, Pittsburgh will sign Dane Jackson. Jane, Jackson opposite Wallace. That will be the duo in Pittsburgh next season. Hey, don't do Joey Porter Jr. like that. <laughs> that dude's good. Uh, I like Joey Porter yeah, Jr. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Spain wants to know what position is mostly in our first pick of next year. I'm going to have to say corner as of right now. I would have said probably tackle before this past weekend, well, two weekends ago. But I, I really, really have my concerns whether or not White could make a full recovery and be at the same level he was before. Even now, he was gradually getting there, I think, but right. he was not the same Tredavious White that we saw pre-ACL. No. We were hopeful. He he was improving, and yeah, I think we all felt like he you know, was going to make it happen eventually. Stinks, man. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I mean, I feel bad even talking about him not being with the Bills anymore, but yeah. I can see the world where that happens now. Um, I don't like the linebacker idea, not in the first round. Linebackers to me are like running backs these days. That's why I'm not as concerned with the Milano deal situation as I am with Tredavious White and, and shoot, even Dane Jackson for that matter. If we have to roll out Kyrie Elam out there opposite side, if he gets toasted by Tyrod Taylor and Darius Slayton in this game repeatedly, I will be done with Elon. Like, there will, there will be. I, you can just about guarantee something will happen if Dane can't play this week and Dane, and Elam just completely throws another goose egg up there, you know. But again, this is the same kid that was tied for in, like the team leading interceptions his rookie year platooning with two other guys. So, like, we've seen him be able to play in this league in yeah. some sort of a fashion. You just got to wonder what has happened over this, like, off season that is just, like, you got to wonder if it's just mental at this point to where I was a first-round yeah. pick, and, oh, my God, now I'm beat out by the sixth-round pick and the seventh-round pick. Yeah. And, or this oh, undrafted yeah, seventh-round pick. You know, like, I think, you know, is it like, is it truly just a mental wall that he has to get over now? And was this just the getting his feet wet again, you know, back in the NFL, getting his first playing time? Yeah, because he played well down the stretch, I felt like last year. But I do, I agree. I think it's all in his head right now. I do. I think he has the physical skills and talents Mm -hmm. to play the position. But um, getting beat out by, like you were saying, I, th- I do think that affected him. Uh, spin here, uh, we should start eating and let Dane rest. Can't afford to have Dane with lingering in- injury all season long. Uh, that makes I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roy, you were funny. You're funny. <laughs> I got to see. Maybe they put the wrong playbook on the plane. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put the playbook on the plane. Yeah. yeah. So All right, guys. We're kind of yes. already talked about it a little bit, but we're going to jump ahead. Bills versus Giants this weekend, Sunday night football. Uh, I've seen some comments and some uh, stuff on social media about the league should flex this game out <laughs> this Sunday night. Um, I personally want to be opposed to it. I, but um, All right, so – with the, this game, what are you guys kind of looking for to to in this game? Like, who needs to step up? What are your keys? What's happening on Sunday night? Michael, go ahead. My key is to win. <laughs> no, avoid, avoid. Okay, whoa, slow it. down. Not too much. <laughs> yeah, 
just just get a, a win back under us. I, I know I've been saying that some games you can you can afford to lose, and, and that might have been one of them. Um, but yeah, our, our linebackers, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see what what we're really dealing with now. Um, corners, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, but but what really stood out to me is that edge. I hope we get that back. Um, I don't know. I I think we just keep the pressure. We got, we should have no problem beating this team. (laughs) Yeah. The track reviewer agrees. I'll put that up here in a little bit. Don't go soft on Tyrod. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was never like Tyrod, the human being, fantastic person. I love what you, you know, he did for the, the team, the community, great leader, man. He was hard to watch. I, just ups and downs. He's like I was the, a fan. He's the exact opposite of Josh Allen. Like everybody wants Allen to calm down a little bit, but with Tyler, I was like, "Come on, dude, throw it! You're a quarterback." He threw one of the best deep balls you would uh, you ever did. see. It was gorgeous. He often, uh, very often. Uh, he he didn't have the player. He was throwing a, a fat Calvin Benjamin too, or not? Not fat Calvin Benjamin. He was a broken Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyways. Um... And so the Bills are favored by 15 and a half. For, as all the sadness boo-hoos we've given the Bills on this show tonight, we're still favored by almost 16 points. Like, that is that is the largest margin, and it's not even close, um, like, for, the, for any matchup this weekend. Um, I think... I think the Bills are gonna like go out there. I think I don't expect them to try to hang forty on the on the Giants. You know, I I expect them to you know handle business and just make this an efficient game, a clean game, and just get out of there with a win. And it's gonna be more of like a schematic a, to me, a schematic game rather than just trying to go out and overpower overpower them. They're gonna try to go back to fundamentals. And get the ball out quick, you know. See, kind of look like what we did in the second and third game this this year. So I I expect any I expect it to be a little bit more of a calm, calm game than edgier seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this game is going to be uh, close. Um, I, I don't know as far as like keys. I don't really think I I'm gonna. It sounds terrible to say, but I don't really have any specific keys to this game. Cause I just think Buffalo is just by far the better team. Like mm-hmm. the giants rank in the bottom five of every category, <laughs> basically. They have they 32 points back. on the season. Yeah. They might get Barkley back this weekend and that should help. But three fifths of their offensive line starting line is out with injuries. Um, like if I'm the giants, I almost don't even put Barkley back. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> just come back yeah. over here. We, we don't want you to get hurt again. Uh, I don't think this game is – it's going to be ugly for the Giants. I I, I think that's going to be uh, the yeah. case. What I will be looking for, though, <clears throat> to uh, Mike's point, I want to see the linebackers. I want to see how Dorian Williams do, does. I kind of do want them to put Spectre in there a little bit and see what he can do as well in, in that position. Um, and take these next two games to kind of figure out, okay – who are we going to roll for with going forward at this position? The fact that they moved Williams there to back up Milano tells me that the team trusts him to play that position. So uh, I, that's who I think ultimately gets it, and that's who I think ultimately – I think he'll play well. I do. 
Um, is he going to be Milano? Well, probably not, but, but you never know. Nobody thought anything of Milano when he was drafted, I think the fifth round and he came out in his rookie year and like, Whoa, who's this guy? Remember when they were like, all right, we're going to have you play with Ramon Humber because we're not sure if you're good or not. Boy, yeah. how times have changed. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. You just never know what you're going to get with these guys. I, somebody I was on social media. In fact, it was on our Facebook page commented that uh, Buffalo needed to, and this kind of goes back to the trading for corner thing, but he said, Buffalo needs to trade for the corner because we have nothing but six rounders back there. And I had to respond to that. Cause I was like, well, Benford's a six-rounder. Kyrie Elam's a first-rounder, and that obviously doesn't matter. Like, your draft position doesn't automatically make you the better player. And we've seen a number of guys over the years being drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and become all pros and, you know, even potentially all the famers. Your only response to that should have just been a picture of Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> That's it. Bye you could have went Tom Brady. You- you could have won the ar- – yes, exact. just put those two pictures in the tweet and won the argument, and everybody would have just golf clapped for you. That, <laughs> yeah. like, that would have been the most drop-the-mic thing ever. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to get into our score predictions. Before we do, uh, I'm going to give Mike one more opportunity to shout this out again. Come on, guys. Help us out. This is, this is a shot – um, for all Bills fans and, and you know fans of the show, we appreciate y'all watching. But this this is a real way to show your support. I know everyone doesn't have Facebook, but tell your friends, everyone, family, uh, get on Facebook, look for our page, the Mafia Cast. It's not hard to find. You'll see the Terrell Bernard video we've posted so many times in the past uh, couple weeks. You share that video. Make sure you like and follow both our page and John McNeil's page, Game On Sports. Um, he's got all the great. Uh, signed sports memorabilia there um, in his store. So we're partnering up with him. We're doing the sport. Yeah, everything, all sorts of stuff. But he gets some really cool stuff in. Just got the Josh Allen uh, signed stuff in. But we're doing giveaways. We really want to kick this off. So like, follow both pages. Like I said, share the video. You're entered. The next time, all you got to do is share the next video or the post if you already, you know, follow and, and like the pages. So get it, get in. And, and uh, let's let's try to turn this into something. It'll be pretty cool um, to see yeah. what we can do. That would be uh, – yeah, it's a great thing uh, that we got going on over there. So, yeah, please do that. Like, follow, do all that fun stuff. Uh, score predictions. This is my favorite part of the show. Up, Ron, uh, go. Well, uh, hold on. Oh, I am not ready. How's it feel? How's it feel? I'm ready. Anyways – those of you listening in the comment section, we want to hear yours so we can put it up on our TikTok videos that Mike so beautifully puts together. And Mike, you're ready, so go for it. Oh, all right. I wasn't ready <laughs> for you to put me on the spot. I was ready when you I was ready. You said you were ready. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we, we were all kind of, Ron and I were kind of um, at a loss. We didn't really say a key, but I want to say, how's this for a key? Don't get um, complacent. It sort of feels like a preseason or a scrimmage or something. We got some new guys, you know, we're working with here. Don't get complacent. Play our game. Um, it's Friday the 13th. So, and I, and I just wrote down my score, and it happens to be 31-13 Bills. <laughs> so I just flip-flopped them. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with mine. Um, I don't even think the Giants score 13. Um so I'm going to go 
Uh, I'll say 31, 31 to six. Wow. Nice. I, I mean, Buffalo can score 40, 50 points in this defense. I just don't think they will. I think they're going to get ahead and then they're going to kind of slow it down and let the running game throughout the clock. I think there's a lot of respect between these two coaching staffs and organizations that they wouldn't do that to them. So 31 to six is plenty. <laughs> I'm going to say 36 to 13 with Kyle Allen playing with about seven to 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And really? Josh and Josh Allen left the game with thir- left the game with thirty three points on the scoreboard. Nice. So We're gonna so hold you to what, that. What's your I'm score again? Thirty six thirteen. Thirty six thirteen. I can't believe you guys are giving them thirteen points. And like I said, backups <laughs> and all the backups are in the third in the fourth. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. The backups, uh, Buffalo's defense. I, I I mean I think Buffalo's backups. Offensive defense can beat this Giants team right now, start to finish. <laughs> oh, spin. Did we guess how many sacks we were, we're going to get? I'm going to say four sacks. Oh, then this game, I've got a good number. I'll let you go first, Mike. Or I'm just going to one-up. I, I don't want to go three, so I'm going to one-up Casey and say five. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go nine. Wow. Whoa. I'm saying Again? nine. Whoa. Well, look at that giant. They gave up nine sacks, I think, to whoever it was a week or two ago. And now they got three of their five starters are down. Like Buffalo's going to destroy them on that offensive line. It's going to be ugly. Hold on. Um, Real quick. We thought the same thing going into the Bengals game last year in the playoffs. And their their backups on their entire offensive line made us look like peewee football players. Yeah, so looking you back can't, at that. You can't, like, that, like, we I, lost to Zach Wilson. We always lose to the backups. <laughs> so, I like, you got to, like, give a little bit of respect. But, but in our defense of that call, uh, we should have looked at our, because we had a lot of backups, too, on that defensive line at that time. Pretty much Ed Oliver was the only starting lineman we had left. Yep. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Um, here's some more. Uh, Roy Collins has two. Spence says four is weak. Um, Miami got nine. Nine. (laughs) Spence says 10 plus, and he says book it. (laughs) And really quick, we're a little bit over, but that's fine. I do want to address this because this name has been coming up as of late with the Frank Clark release. I I don't know if I'm okay with that. It's it's an edge rusher we don't really need. Maybe he can play inside. I'm not sure. But if he couldn't stick on with that Denver defense, I don't don't think there's much left. Well, but they also sold – I mean, they, they cut Randy Gregory, who they signed to a massive contract. I mean, the Broncos are in a pure fire sale right now. And I think that's probably the deal that Sean Payton had going in to there was if I go into this season and stuff it like it, this just isn't working, we are blowing it up, period. Otherwise, I'm not taking this job. Because who wants to go to a job where they're like – you know you're going to fail four games into the season, you know, like if you keep the same team for the next four years. So they're in a huge fire sale right now. I don't necessarily think it's a whole Frank Clark thing. I think they're just getting rid of everybody. Sean Payton knows how bad they are. Let's get whatever young guys we have on the roster, see what we got before we completely rehaul this entire roster over the summer. 
Possible. But Possibly. if but if we didn't have Leonard Floyd, I would be more in on Frank Clark. But Leonard Floyd fits that perfect like third defensive end that Frank Clark would be for us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, we're we're gonna go ahead and get out of here because we are over time. But uh, we'll see you all next week. And I do believe so. Next week we hold the the drawing for the Bernard uh photo autograph right. Bernard photo john mcneil i believe will be on the show with us to announce yes. the winner so that's next friday the 20th same time seven eastern go bills go bills go go bills